All right, all right. Welcome back to Generation of Gems podcast. This is your host, Adonis Sayeva. And today we have a special guest, a GSU alumni. Um, Maya, you want to introduce yourself real quick for the people? Yeah, for sure. So, hey, everybody. My name is Maya Ray. As she said, I graduated from Georgia State in um, May. <laughs> and then I'm originally from Alabama, though, so I came to Georgia for GSU. And um, I'm the owner of FYC Vending. You know, I'm just trying to be an entrepreneur. Well, I, I am an entrepreneur, trying to grow my business, trying to, you know, create generational wealth, you know? <laughs> perfect. This is why you're on the Generational Gems podcast, right? Exactly. So you mentioned you're from Alabama, right? So yeah. what made you choose uh, Georgia State University? <clears throat> well, um, really what made me choose Georgia State is really because back home, everybody either went to Alabama, Auburn, you know, it was like the same thing going on. And I'm like, I don't want to keep doing what everybody else is doing. I want to research the schools I want to go to. Um, it was between like Georgia State, Alabama, of course, because I got accepted. And then um, it was like two more schools that were in state and out of state. And I was like, well, I'm a marketing major. I want to be into sports marketing when I first started, you know, school. And I was like, Alabama doesn't have any um, professional sports teams. There's nothing here for me. <clears throat> I need to get out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Georgia. I'm going to be downtown. I'm going to be where all the action is, all the opportunities, and just be somewhere where I know it can level me up. So really, that's why I chose Georgia State, because um, I knew it was the opportunities were going to come. Definitely, definitely. So. Um, now that you graduated, you know, looking back, are you happy with that decision? I'm sure, you know, that was, yeah, <laughs> definitely happy. Like no shade, no, nothing against anybody that I went to school with or anybody from back home, but I just see the different paths that people take and they choose to take in life. And I'm glad I chose this path. Um, because I, I probably would be a completely different person if I stayed back home. So I'm, I'm really happy that I chose Georgia State. Mm. Okay. Excellent. You know, I think that's already a great tip. You know, I've heard before, like one of the best things you can do, especially like when you're like a teenager, graduating, yeah. leave your hometown. You yes. Know, everybody forces you to grow and forces you to meet new people. And mm -hmm. Just experience different things that you wouldn't have experienced if you stayed home. Yeah, it puts you in a another mindset, honestly, and like that gives another way to get out. Like when you get into college, study abroad, like just don't stay complacent in one place, like want to learn new things, want to go different places, want to see new people, learn how to interact with people. That just, that's just a lifelong skill you always need. So it's like, don't limit yourself and stay home because I mean, if it's financial, you know, of course do the best for yourself, but if you can get out of it. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Okay, so uh, can you talk a bit about, you know, your experience at Georgia State University? So obviously you liked it, you said, you know, you would have been a different person if you hadn't yeah. been here. So like, what about Georgia State University is it that you like? Was it about your Atlanta in general? And, uh, you know, how do you think it helped you grow? Um, really, what I liked about Georgia State is the different people I met. Really, the people made the experience, like, what it was. As you know, freshman year, always going to be the best year <laughs> so that was hands down like the best year of college you know ever you meet so many new people you do things you want to do you have the freedom 
And then after that, you learn your lane almost. You learn like, what am I going towards? What organizations or what internships can I go after to um, make this experience like worth the money that I'm paying? And so I like Georgia State mostly because of the location. Atlanta, everybody's here. All the companies, you know, need a lot of help. Even if you do, um, you know, startup companies are here. And even if you have to do a free internship, it's just like Georgia State had a lot of different opportunities for me to get into. So even if I was doing stuff for volunteer work or if I was getting paid for something, it was always something that I could find to do, which I would think um, would be a little harder for me if I, you know, stayed in Alabama. Sure. I think, honestly, um, Robinson College of Business is like, actually, I don't think, I know for a fact, it's the best school at Georgia State for sure. Like Yes. Seriously. A lot of people are still really sleep on um, Georgia State. Like RCB, they they have a lot of opportunities for uh, business students. Yeah, the resources. And then you um you went to Panthers in the in the Valley. Yeah. So like other schools just don't have those type of opportunities. And the the professors in RCB, they really if you if you put in the effort, they'll help you out. Like if you go to their office hours, if you know what you're trying to do, they'll give you some like um guidance into how to get there or connect you with somebody that they know. So RCB is really good. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. So um that's you know, that's your college experience, right? So you recently graduated in May and mm-hmm. that exciting, right? So let's <laughs> you know, how you how'd you get into the, the vending machine business? Um, so I got into the vending machine business. It sounds pretty random, but you know how you think about something and then all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere. So that's kind of how it was with me. I was, I thought about it before, but I never really, um, gave it much effort because I always thought that, you know, if you have a vending machine, you're obviously a big business, like people go to what they know type of thing, you know? So I really wasn't, um, all too interested as I was when I first started. So um, I kept seeing something on Twitter and I was like, oh, cool. And then um, I saw the person who I took the course from, Marcus Graham. He posted that he has a course, he can help you, you get a consultation with him. And that's when I was like, okay, well, I say I want to do this. I say that, um, you know, I don't want to work corporate per se. And COVID really messed me up with that because even if I wanted to work corporate, it was really hard to find a job in events, especially that I was doing with marketing. So it was like double whammy. I don't have a graduation. I can't work in the field that I think that I want to work in. And so I was like, think my like, how are you going to create income for yourself? I saw that he did a course. I was like, let me just invest this money do the course, do it literally verbatim, how he says to do it, to be successful. And um, I did it and then got my first location. So I was like, okay, this is good. <laughs> okay, so we got we to gotta break that down. Yeah. And uh, was it in May or in June? Say that one more time. Um, when did you take the course? Was it in May or in June that you started? So I took the course, I um, took the course in April. April, okay. I took the course in April and it's the type of course where it's not very, um, 
you know, you go through section one, section two, section three. It's kind of like a resource course. So it's like whatever you need, go to that section and do it. So, you know, when I was cold calling people, I would go to the cold calling script and say what I need to say. And when I was, um, you know, looking for um, the inventory, I would go to there to see where I need to buy the inventory from. All that was inside of the course. So I did that in April. And um, I started cold calling people through, you know, May, June. And I f had to follow up with a lot of people because of the pandemic. And they're like, oh, we're not interested right now. We're shutting down, blah, blah, blah. And then in July, I got, it was um, the location where I had already spoke to them early in the year. But then she told me to give them a call back to um, see if they were interested later. And I called them back and they were. So I was like, okay, there we go. <laughs> Okay, so, so you got your first location by cold calling people, basically. Exactly. So how did you, you know, choose, like, did you have a list of people? Did you just go, how did you find, like, basically who to call, to cold call? So um, a rule of thumb I used was to find a niche, a niche, niche, yeah. and then, <laughs> and then get as, as many people from that list as I can and call them. So I was looking for um, apartments. So I would just get, you know, apartments to call, call them up, and then, um, you know, use the script to say what I needed to say and um, go that way. I think I answered that question. Did I say? Yeah, and go that way. Yeah, so now from somebody who's cold called myself, right? Yeah. not easy to do. So it's not. <laughs> how did you get over you know, like the fear of cold calling and rejection, you know, what did you have like things you told yourself every day to motivate yourself? Cause I know it wasn't easy. Yeah, it's not easy. It's just, I have to keep on, keep on telling myself every no is getting me closer to that. Yes. It's what a lot of people that, you know, cold call, um, whether it's with real estate, wholesaling, you know, if you have a business, um, sales in general, it just, you have to keep in that mindset. This no is not going to make me fail. This no is going to get me to where I'm trying to go. So um, I always thought of that. And then even the no's I took, I just wrote down, call back later. You know, <laughs> like, I'll get back to you. You said no now, but I'm going to call you again in a couple months and you're going to give me another, another answer maybe. So really just um, getting over being told no and also, let me see. And also, um, just having confidence, really, when you speak. Because if you speak timidly and like you don't know what you're saying or talking about, they're not gonna gonna talk to you even longer than they already are. So, being confident, you know, even if you don't know what you're talking about, acting like you do and giving them answers that you've either researched or you you know have a knowledge of and if you don't know the answer make sure they know okay I'll get back to you on that once I get the answer I'll follow up with you on that just making sure that you're prepared is the is the best part of getting over like that fear of cold calling yes okay so okay so you got a list of apartments right right cold calling eventually you know how, how long did it take to get that first yes um, so like I said, I got it, got the course in April. I started cold calling around May. 
circle calling in May and the first yes didn't come to July. So two months to get a definite yes and to get, you know, a contract in place and stuff like that. So it could take longer. It could take shorter, honestly. But for me, it, it took about like two months, I guess, to get a yes. Okay. So so now when you got that yes, right, did you already know what to do? Did you already know? Did you already have like a vending machine and all these things? Or did you figure it out after you got the yes? So after I, of course, when I got the yes, I didn't know exactly um, what to do. I, I knew from the course what to do next, but I had to, what you have to do is actually, you get a yes that they want this machine and you go to them, um, you do a vending location assessment. So basically I didn't know what they wanted exactly. So I had to go to the location, see what they wanted, see where they wanted the machine placed, see what type of snacks and drinks they actually want in the machine. And then from that, okay, this is where I know I need to go get the machine from because they want a separate drink and a separate snack machine if they want a combo machine i know i need to go to another place you know or um if they weren't wanted certain snacks or drinks i know that um you know you just have to figure out what they want and then figure out where you want to get those things from so um when i when i first got the yes i didn't know exactly what they wanted so i couldn't really plan but once i did the assessment i was like okay cool this is what you want this is what i have to go do Gotcha. Okay. So how it works is you get a yes and then you go do a vending machine, vending assessment. Or mm-hmm. And then, and then you figure out basically what they, exactly what they need. Exactly. And see if it's even feasible because with the vending assessment, they say they want a machine, but when you get there, they're only open Monday through Wednesday, mm-hmm. eight, four, something like that, or nine to 12 then you know, okay, I'm spending all this money on this machine and nobody's going to be here to be buying the product. So even if you get a yes, you have to assess the location to see, is this a yes for me as well? Like you have to kind of know the numbers and know what's a good location to actually say, okay, I'm going to go forward with this. We can get things started. Okay, so that's a perfect segue. What is an ideal location for someone trying to place a vending machine? Um, I would say you would want um, a location that is preferably 20, the access to the machine is 24-7. Um, if you can't, at least seven days a week, you know, mm-hmm. eight hours a day, you know, um, at least probably 50 people that have traffic throughout the location in a day, whether that is the employees or their clients making sure that the traffic flow is um, is up to par to where you're going to be making money off the machines you're buying. Um, and um, making sure that really those are the best, the most, most important things, the traffic and the hours of operation, how many people are there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So we have the yes, right? And yeah. The contract that you, sign with the with the location how how is that set up how is how is basically like the profit fee or whatever how how's that set up okay so with me if a location does not say they want a commission <laughs> like if they don't tell me they want a commission i'm not going to tell them that i'm going to pay them a commission <laughs> like um 
with the locations, basically, you know, you run the contract and you put in, it has a place for commission if they, if they want to do that. But if they don't say anything, put that zero right in that line and keep it moving. Um, some locations, they want 5%, 10%. Um, it depends on the location. I, I choose to probably stay between the three and 5% range if they do want a commission, if they do mention it. But if it's a big location and they want 15%, you're going to want to keep 75% of your money instead of 0% if you don't take it. Like you got to, you know, choose, pick and choose your battles. If you know the location is going to be making money, then give them that 15%, get your 75%, go on, find the next location. But, um, the con- commission is on a part of the contract, but if they don't mention it, I, I won't mention it. <laughs> so, so then do you pay them? If there's no commission, do you have to pay them any type of anything or? No. So that's the best locations. If you get that, like, um, I haven't found a location without commission yet, but if it's, it's a lot easier if you don't have to pay them commission because you really don't have to track your profit as much because um what the commission is is a percent of the gross no of the net net monthly sales so basically that's after you minus your expenses that you had to pay for the month and then whatever the profit is you give them a percentage of that so you're not really giving them um you know gross percent you're giving them the net percent so it's a little bit better on your part because you can you can um, subtract your expenses before you give them what they want. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. So, um, the actual vending machines themselves, right? How do you, mm-hmm. like, where do you find them? Where do you get them? So, really, it's warehouses. It's either a warehouse or, um, well, all of them are warehouses, but some of them are small warehouses. Some of them are like large warehouses. Usually Google like vending machine warehouses and then <laughs> hit them up. If they have the prices that you want, you get them from there. Um, there's also vending machines on like OfferUp, um, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. Those all have vending machines like for the low, like people want to get rid of those machines. Usually they go fast if they're a good machine on um, like Facebook Marketplace per se. The only thing with um, buying them from Facebook Marketplace and things of that nature where um, it's not from a company, it usually doesn't come with the warranty. So you got to make sure that, okay, if you're going to get it from Facebook Marketplace, just put in the um, accountability of like it may break down or it may do something that you don't want it to do and you have nobody to call to come fix it and so that may add on to the initial cost that you have to pay for the for the machine to get it like fixed and also um, if a machine is older and you want to put a cart reader on them that's going into something else but <laughs> if the machine is older and you want to put like a, a machine for people to swipe their carts on it if you get it from Facebook Marketplace, you may not know exactly if that machine is compatible for that. So you just gotta, if you're doing it from not a company, do your research on that machine, make sure you know what can be done with that machine and what can't be done. So it, it's, it's better on Facebook Marketplace and things like that because it's a lot cheaper, but you have to kind of like put in more effort yourself to make sure you're getting a good deal. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so... Can you talk a bit about like the numbers for that first location? Do you, do you remember how much you spent 
um, how much you basically spent to get the vending machine? Yeah, they were expensive. <laughs> they were. I was like, oh, am I doing this seriously? But the two machines, and the reason I got these machines was because of the location. Sometimes it's with anything. If you have a client that you know is like going to be a long-time customer, you know that the machine is going to be used a lot. You have to get like kind of like the best of the best. So um, both of the machines cost me like 5K. Five, yeah, about 5K. So each was like around three or five or six. It was between five and six with the card readers. So because the card readers were um, a different expense because the machines don't come with them. So you have to add them on. So it was between like five and six thousand. Okay. Both of them with card readers on them. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, so far, you know, how's maintenance with those machines? Like, has it been? Uh, did you have any maintenance? A lot of maintenance issues so far with those two machines? Um, not really. So far, and it's been when well, I placed them in July, August, like two. It's been two months, I guess. Um, I had th- like three service calls. Two of them were dealing with the. Well, really, all of them were money related. The machine it gets stuck with um, coins, and so basically, if somebody the machine doesn't take pennies, so if somebody puts a penny in there and it like jams the machine, it's not going to give people change back. So basically, I've gotten calls. You know, the machine took my money and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, let me get your name (laughs) because. You know, people, if you give people good customer service, they're not going to badmouth you or anything like that. So try to, you know, be on top of that customer service if something does happen. But as far as big maintenance issues, there hasn't been any, like, compressors going out or, like, <laughs> glass breaking. Nothing major yet. Gotcha. Okay. So um, I've heard that vending machines can be very, like, profitable sources of passive income, right? Yeah. So, as far as like so far, um, obviously it's been about two or three months, so the the income is gonna keep on growing. But so far, do you know like the monthly, close to the monthly profit so far? After yeah. So I had to look on because I use um QuickBooks for like bookkeeping and stuff like that for now. And last time I looked, it was like for profit. I think. Oh, revenue. Either one. Oh, re- revenue is close to like 8K. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Revenue is almost like cl- close to 8K, but you have to minus the expenses because if I fill the machine every week or every like twice a week, I'm paying a lot of money every time I go to get like a full set of everything again because it's sold out, you know? So it's like, okay, you make good money but then you have to also spend a lot of money too but as long as you worked out your profit margins work out basically you know how much are you buying this for versus how much are you selling it for and you do that really good then you can you can stay in profit like you shouldn't of course anybody knows what this you shouldn't be in the hole every month um it took a while for me to get out the hole because of all the initial costs not a while i guess some month (laughs) but um 
but yes, yeah, so so far it's it's been good good revenue, but I, I will want my profit. I'm gonna see if I can make my profit a little bit higher. Yeah, sure. Okay. So you know, based on the profit you've been seeing now, mm-hmm. how long do you think it would take for you to basically recoup your initial investment completely? Oh, I've 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 reached my initial yeah, yeah like I feel like I've reached it, but I've also had to add on, I guess, okay, so I spent like five or six for the machines. In revenue, okay, in revenue, I've reached my investment. In profit, I still have like maybe next month to to reach my investment, um, initial investment in profit as far as profit. Yeah, but it depends Mm -hmm. because I, I will say I'm very blessed for that part because the machines make so much, so it, it reached that number quicker. But every account I know is not going to be the same. So I know with this account, I reached it maybe in two months. But I know the next account, I may not reach that investment until six months or, you know. So it, it just depends on the account that you get. Okay. That's, that's pretty great because the way, the way I looked at it, I saw, I saw someone posted this one that they said, they compare vending machines to... Uh, rental properties, right? And obviously, you have maintenance issues with rental properties and vending machines, but there's a lot more maintenance issues with rental properties. Mm-hmm. It's like the fact that you could have, that you, I think the initial investment was like 6000 Yeah. And you're already, your revenue already passed that. And in terms of profit, you're going to recoup all of that basically by next month. That's that's pretty crazy. So, congrats on that. That's, that's awesome. I know. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's really good. I didn't. I didn't know how it was going to go, you know, from, from when you do your location assessment, you're like, okay, this could be good. Or this is going to be good. That's why you take the location, but you never, if it's your first time, like it was for my, for me, I didn't know like, okay, when exactly am I going to make this back? Because I don't know how the traffic is going to be. I don't know how people are going to react to the products, you know? So it was, it was kind of like scary at first to see what was going to happen. But now I got into the flow of things. It's like, okay, this is what I need to do to make sure that <laughs> I get my money back. Yeah. So um, for the, for the initial investment, right? Mm-hmm. You paid that out of a loan or did you pay that cash? No. So basically I was blessed with the high credit limit. <laughs> so I swiped that card. And then I put it on my credit card and I've been paying it back from there. Cause my, my card has um, a good interest rate too. So it's not adding on like thousands of dollars extra every month either. So swipe the card, did it on there and been paying my card back like every, every week or every two weeks to make sure like it's, it stays, um, like in flow and I'm not missing a payment or anything like that. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's, that's, you just made it happen. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I was like, mom, thank you. I didn't know she gave, she didn't give me the card, but she told me to apply for the card. And I was like, okay, I don't think I need a credit card like a year ago, but it came in handy a year later. So I was like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's a great thing for like anybody really listening is, um, Having a great credit score, a lot of times, not even a lot of times, it's almost always better than just having cash, right? So if you have cash, that's great. But if you have even 
you know, it's always better to have great credit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Great credit and a little bit of cash is better than to have terrible credit, you know, and, and decent amount of cash. Yeah, exactly. Credit. And that's another thing um, that I have to get into business credit because um, I was blessed to have that personal credit, you know, but if you have business credit, nothing falls back on you. Yeah. It's like, that's a separate entity basically with, with your business. So if you borrow from that and something happens, okay, shut that down and they can't take your money. <laughs> but um, you just, with your personal credit, you got to make sure that you're not doing anything that's going to over leverage yourself to where if it does fall through, you're not, you know, stuck in having that bill on you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Um, COVID-19, obviously, it is, we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. What derailed your corporate plans, which you said you kind of weren't sure if you wanted to go corporate in the first place. Uh, COVID just made it like impossible. So it's like you didn't have (laughs) Which now looking back is probably a great thing because you started your business and all these things. But um, do you think it made it harder for you to like get these locations when you're calling because, you know, maybe people were closing down their locations? Yeah, in a way. people were trying not to add on new accounts to their businesses because they didn't know what the future was going to be like. So they didn't want to, you know, say, yes, we want this when they didn't know what their business was going to be doing in a month or two. So it made it harder for me when calling people to get something quick, but um, it it didn't make, it didn't um, shut out plans like completely. So even though they said not right now, that just gave me a time to, you know, get some more stuff together, get some more stuff prepared for when they were ready and make sure that when they said, okay, we can do it now, I'm full full throttle basically. And like, okay, let's get this done. Let's, you know, wrap this up. So um, it was harder because people were like, oh, we're not, you know, interested right now. We're just, you know, gonna deal with what we got, even though we want it we don't really need it so it was a lot of that in those conversations but i just had to keep calling people and make sure to follow up with um the people that were you know semi-interested okay so so really quickly um just wondering how the conversation goes right when you call a potential location um person how does the conversation go do you just you know hey um you know, I, I have a missing business. Like, how, how does that go exactly? Okay, so that was a good thing because the course I got literally mm-hmm. has a script and it, like, tells you basically what to say. If they say this, say mm-hmm. this. But um, basically, you want to ask for a manager or property manager, whoever is in charge of making decisions. So you, the last thing you want to do is talk to somebody that is not going to be the end person that's going to get the machine inside the place. So if it's like a assistant or receptionist, you just make sure you ask for the manager. Um, if they are not available, just say when would be a better time to um, give them a call. Because you don't, you don't want to talk to someone that is not in charge and you also don't want to leave the messages. Because nine times out of ten, they may relay that message or they may not. So you just want to make sure when you call, if you can't get the manager, see when it's a better time, call them back during that time. If they, if you keep calling and the manager isn't available, 
I mean, one day, one time is go they're going to be available. So you just have to wait that out. Um, it can be frustrating sometimes with people like that, but you just have to keep following up with everybody. Um, talk to the manager. Once you get the manager on the phone, um, you know, give a little, like we did in <laughs> business communications, all that, give a little elevator pitch of what your business is, how you can provide value for them and um, see if they're interested. And if they are, okay, cool. Let's set up a meeting. If they aren't, okay, no problem. Nice talking to you. Call the next person. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, uh, obviously, COVID-19 affected us. It affected everyone, but it seems like things are slowly, somewhat getting back to normal. Uh, right. Where do you see your business going in 2021? You know, obviously, you want to get more locations. Um, how many locations right, uh, do you want, for example? And, uh, yeah, just in general, like, where do you want your business to be next year? So next year, um, well, by the end of 2020, uh, by the end of Q4, I, I want another, at least one more location for the end of 2020. Once 2021 comes around, <clears throat> by the end of that, I would like to add on three more locations so that by the end of 2021, I'll have a total of five locations. Um, and hopefully I can scale that to where that is my not only source of income, but, you know, that's like a job to me, you know, like I can do this. I can focus on other investments that I want to focus on and use this income to fund those investments. So just keep scaling, keep building um, and see what happens from there, really. <laughs> I mean, at this rate, you got your first location pretty quickly, so I'm sure, I'm sure you'll get to five in no time. You'll probably get to like ten next year or something. Right. I, I hope. Let's speak that. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier, you know, you want to build generational wealth, right? Yeah. So I want to ask you, like, what is really your why for doing for starting this business? Obviously, you didn't want to go the corporate route, so I'm sure that has something to do with that too. But can you even like, tell everyone a bit about like what is your why? And, um, you know, yeah, what, what really motivates you every day to, like, cold call these locations? Because it's definitely not easy. Yeah. Um, you know, like a lot of other people, my main why is family. Making sure that, you know, I can repay my mom for everything she's done for me. Making sure that my children and my children's children are well taken care of. I can pass this this business down like generations you know teach them the game teach them how to run it and then they can pass it down you know I feel like that's really what this business is going to end up doing for me is being able to you know give them something that they can take ownership of one day um and also I like I said I always saw myself not working in corporate because of the flexibility I like of being out of corporate and you know kind of like my creative mind as well just not being so fixated on like one one job and things of that nature so um really I want to just be at a place where I can run multiple businesses and not be stuck to, to one thing really is the flexibility part I want to be able to okay I have to do this business call I can do this while I'm doing this while I'm booking my flight to Hawaii <laughs> like I just want to you know be able to, and like like I'm doing now, talk to other people that are my age, 
or, you know, anybody really that wants to learn how to build a second or whatever stream of income from themselves, a non-conventional way, being able to show them that you don't have to go like ABC to get to where you want to be. You can, you know, go do something that you never even thought of doing. I personally didn't think I was going to be vending machine <laughs> um, business owner, but you know, that's where life led me. And so I, I would love to be able to just show people that it's a million ways to make money. And every opportunity that you don't do is basically a loss for yourself because you don't go after it. Go, don't go after it. So just teaching people to, you know, put faith in yourself, put faith in God, and just go after something, but have the work ethic ethic behind that as well. Definitely, I think that's that's definitely big. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, definitely first having that that faith. I think it's like the two polar opposites is like faith and then fear. Like if you. Yeah you know you're, you're believing in yourself and you're believing that there's a higher power like helping you guiding you basically so even if you don't have all the answers you just you just do it but if you by fear you think about like all the steps that you need to take to get to where you need to be mm -hmm. paralysis, you never do anything right exactly exactly take that first step and you know sometimes you can't like free education is good like youtube university all day everything that you can find for free as a resource is great. But sometimes when you go, if when you want to go to that next level or really are passionate or like super interested in something and like want to do that, sometimes you got to put that money into getting the education that is going to give you that gain that you need. Because I mean, without that course, I could have did it, but it would have been a lot, you know, hard. I would have made more mistakes along the way. So having put in that investment into myself really allowed me to get to the point I am, I'm at right now. Yeah, that's, that's true. There's a lot of like people who sometimes may be afraid to invest into their education for like the thing, right? But it's crazy to me how people are willing to go to school for four years, pay X amount of whatever. Exactly. Aren't like very, I'm not say basic, but like, general classes, right? Not specific knowledge that can actually make them some type of money. Yeah. And they have to pay you know, a couple hundred bucks for a course that really they can claim on their taxes later. So it can be a tax deduction. Exactly. You just got to know the game. Like you can't be small minded when you want to go like entrepreneurship or just making sure that you're not having to work for somebody else your entire life. You really have to figure out it's a way to do this because other people are doing it. You just got to figure out what that is. Look for it, pay for it if you need to. I, now I don't even trip about like, if I'm trying to learn something, okay, let me, you, it takes $150, $500, whatever it takes. If I'm really about to use what you teach me and apply it to my life, I'll pay the money now. But sometimes you got to go through it to like see the value and stuff like that. So if anybody is listening and, they are really, y'all are really wanting to do something, but think that it may be a scam to invest in yourself. Just go ahead and do it. You're going to thank yourself later. Sure, sure. All right. So cold calling, I know personally from my cold calling when I, you know, with wholesaling, we have like so many crazy stories, right? So I wanted to ask you, like, any horror stories yet, you know, just running the business in general? 
anything that's just that stands out that maybe uh you know any type of bad experiences mistakes anything like that um i would say a more recent <laughs> call that i've had is where i'm talking to you know a person that is in charge of the location and they're telling me oh i hate you know the person that does my machines now they don't come is really bad service and stuff like that and then i'm like let me call this person and you know try to work out a business deal this is like for the location i'm um about to acquire like this this upcoming month and i'm calling the person i'm like hey, I was just calling because, you know, I talked to Miss, whatever her name is, at the location. She said she's trying to go in a different direction. I'm trying to see if, you know, if we can work something out to where I don't have to purchase new machines. You can just sell me the location and I can take it over. He's like, what? She told you what? I'm like, hold on. I did not mean to start any mess. <laughs> so you got to make sure that, you know, when you're talking to people, everybody's in the loop. Like, you can't have one person tell you one thing and then this you just got to make sure everything is on one accord because he like didn't know that she felt this way. And I'm over here basically trying to take his business from him, but, <laughs> but it's working out in the end. Like he's like, Oh yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm good with that. Okay. That's, that, that takes a lot of courage for, for you to call somebody that you know, that you're basically taking, you know, business away from them. But I mean, at the end of the day, they weren't doing a great job. So it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, it's all about the way you say things. It's not like I'm about to call him and say, yeah, she hates you. She doesn't like what you do. <laughs> but I'm just saying she's she told me that she wants to go a different direction. And I'm just calling to see if, you know, we can work something out. It's, I'm not about to add fuel to the fire. I'm just going to be as professional as possible and make sure that business is, ha business is handled. You're not trying to ruffle any feathers. You're trying to build relationships in this business or in any business so you want to make sure that you present yourself in a way you want to be seen as a business person Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. you took a course um that obviously helped you save a lot of time and a lot of mistakes right but i'm sure as you actually started running the business there may have been some things that you wish you knew before you started um is there anything that comes to your mind that, that you could share anybody who's maybe looking to start into, you know, get their start to the vending machine business, anything that you want to tell them that you wish you knew before you got started? Um, let's see. I guess the thing about the vending machine business, which is really good about it, is that it's simple. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot of ways to mess up if you follow, you know, the path. So honestly, not even hyping up the course, Fero, but the course told me everything I needed to know before I made my first deal. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of, it's no hiccups that happened in my journey so far that I was like, dang, why didn't I know this? The course, if if you really want to get into vending, I'm not even an affiliate, an affiliate for this man. So I'm just telling you from my experience that this course, Marcus Graham's course for vending machines, is is basically gives you a blueprint on how to run this, not how to run your business, but how to get into the vending machine business. 
So um, I haven't had any, you know, things that I wish I would have known. Some things that I'm thinking about now, since I've started and, you know, gain revenue, profit, all this stuff is taxes. Mm-hmm. So right now I, he doesn't tell about, you know, obviously he tells you that you need to make an LLC, you know, for tax purposes and things like that. But, you know, Trump paid 750 in taxes. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how I get to that point. I'm trying to make sure I'm doing everything in my power to make sure these deductions come off. I'm doing the right things. I'm putting things in the right accounts. I'm bookkeeping the right way so that when that time does come, when tax season does roll around, I'm good, you know? So right now I would say that I wish, or I'm trying to learn more about tax structure and how to actually run a successful business tax wise, but actually starting a vending machine business it is, it's really not, it's really not that hard. So it's like, if you want to get into it, it, don't think that it's too saturated. Like it's millions of locations, millions of people, millions of dollars out there. Just some of it can be yours. You just got to go after. <laughs> okay. So uh, I want to, I want you to share your social media with everyone listening. I'm sure some people are going to want to get in touch with you because even though making it seem like very simple like some people just need a lot of people even myself included you always want to talk to people that like already doing it yeah yeah do you want to go ahead and share your social media info like where can everyone find you yeah (laughs) so the best way to find me is um on instagram at underscore maya ray and how you spell that is underscore m-a-y-a-r-a-e so that's my instagram um twitter is the same thing except for it's m underscore m-a-y-a-r-a-e-e so it has two e's at the end um if you're looking to you know get a vending machine my vending machine website is fycvending.com so that's the website that has all of my information for my business on there. Um, my business doesn't have any social media platforms because <clears throat> um, I don't see a point in it right at this moment. Um, but if you want to get in touch with me personally, those are the two platforms that you can use. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Maya, thank you so much for all the thank you. I want to go uh, call some people right now and get a vending machine. Yeah. <laughs> do it seriously we can talk okay yeah, for sure for sure so everyone once again this was Maya she just gave us so much info so go follow her uh, if you have any questions hit her up and uh, once again this is your host Adonis Sayeva and uh, this is the Generational Gems Podcast uh, see you on the next episode thank you